0: Welcome to That's What She Did. This is one of your hosts, T, along with Michelle Talbert. And we're coming to you every day during the month of March to bring you these stories of inspiring everyday Wonder Women that you've probably never heard of. So grab a mimosa and buckle in. We're about to begin.
1: Hey, Michelle. Hey, T. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you. I'm excited for another episode of That's What She Did. Me too. Welcome, listeners. Welcome, welcome. We are in Women's History Month. That's always a fun month.
0: It's Women's History Month. It's uh, Tangia Birthday Month. It's a good time of year, Ben. It's a good time of year. It's good to be the queen. You notice how I get a whole
1: month, right? I know. I see that. I see that. I'm sure your mom was not giving birth the whole month, but I know how you are. It is the month
0: of T's birthday. It's my month. I've decided. That's okay. You can have it. At any rate, I have a great story for you today. Yeah, please do. An inspiring one. But I do want to warn our listeners that this story has some real ugly parts to it. But it's true, and it's courageous, so sensitive listeners should definitely beware. Today, I'm telling you the story of Miss Sherry Johnson. Now, I'm going to give you a quote from her real quick. Maybe you've heard of her, probably you haven't. Sherry Johnson said, The hospital knew, the school knew, the courts knew, so plenty of people knew, but nothing was done the whole state of Florida failed me. Mm. Now, that tiny quote is going to give you a little bit of an inkling of how hard this story is to tell. It's the real life story of Sherry Johnson and what she's been through and how she's turned it all around to change outcomes for other girls like her. Now, Sherry Johnson is kind of an anomaly. So she's a black woman who grew up poor but survived a horrible childhood of abuse and her story is pretty shocking sherry was raped at the age of eight and became pregnant by the time she was 10 when she was forced to marry her rapist at only 11 years old 11 years old i can't imagine So as an 11, think of like what you were doing in your life when you were an 11-year-old child.
1: Yeah, a child. Exactly, exactly. I was wearing jellies. Jellies. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure I was like, double dutch. Yeah, playing jump rope and like playing in the creek and Mm -hmm. just being a normal 11-year-old, not Mm Sherry. Sherry was raped repeatedly by someone she should have been able to trust and no one was looking out for her. Mm. And when she was forced to marry her rapist, she had to drop out of high school eventually because the babies just kept coming. She was with a church that uh, didn't believe in birth control. Mm. But let's back up a little bit. The story isn't all horrible. Things started out really rough for Sherry, but as an adult, she turned it around and is actively right now, as we speak, lobbying lawmakers to make it illegal throughout the United States to allow child marriage under any circumstances. Now, Sherry lives in the state of Florida. So she started with the state of Florida, and there is a bill right now before legislators to outlaw child marriages. So you would be surprised to know that in every state, Almost every state in the United States, child marriage is still allowed under some circumstances. And what year is this? This is like the year of our Lord, 2018. Right. I had no idea until I right. heard this. I mean, I was like, surely they don't allow this anymore, right? Like, why would you? And they do. It's crazy. That's so insane. today, there's only two other states Texas and Virginia that have recently enacted laws that limit marriages to people that are 18 years old or over, and they make very narrow exceptions for minors granted adult rights by courts. So the bill that Sherry brought forward with the help of a couple of legislators is intended to outlaw child marriages with no exceptions. Zero. I'll have you update you on that a little bit more down the road. Okay. But here is another like crazy statistic for you. Child marriages represent a fraction of all U.S. marriages, but they're still a significant number. The Pew Research Center found that in 2014, nearly 60,000 15-year-olds to 17-year-olds were in marriages. 60,000 teenagers.
1: Wow. And they're usually not marrying other teenagers. They're actually marrying adult men.
0: Correct. And I didn't write down the, the specific um, statistic on that, but it's something like 70% of those child marriages are married to adults.
1: Right. Exactly. Like
0: significantly exactly.
1: older. Exactly. Significantly older.
0: Yes. It's it's really crazy. It was shocking to me. Yeah. So let's get back to sherry really quick so as a little girl sherry lived with her mother in tampa in the back of a church the church that they were members of so there was like a a house out behind the church and that's where they lived when she was a small child her mother belonged to this church and they had there was a very um strict conservative style church they had to go to services six times a week sometimes seven days a week Women were mandated to wear hats and long sleeves and could never wear pants or jewelry. They behaved in accordance with strict church guidelines, and the elders told them what they could say or could do. Each day before school, Sherry sought out her aunt to get lunch money before she started her day because her mother was already at work very early in the morning. Her mom was a substitute teacher, so she left very, very early, and her aunt helped with care of the children. So before Sherry left for school, she would run out. She would find her aunt. Her aunt would give her some lunch money because she lived nearby. Well, one day she was out on her way to her aunt's house and the bishop of the church came out and stopped her. And she was eight years old at the time and brought her into his room where he lives on the church property and said, I have your lunch money. Come in and get it. He forced her to lie down on the bed. He used petroleum jelly and he penetrated her. He said nothing, and then he sent her away, dripping blood down her legs. Hmm. Sherry ran into a bathroom again. Remember, she's only eight years eight, old. Yeah. She's a, a child, like truly a child. She ran into a bathroom and washed herself up as best as she could, but she didn't understand what happened to her. She didn't even have enough. The vocabulary. Yeah, she didn't have the words to even describe right. what happened. She was just totally confused and she just went to school. After that, the bishop raped her repeatedly in the church. When she tried to talk about it to her mother, no one believed her. She told other people no one believed her. And at that point it was happening so frequent frequently that she just believed that it was part of growing up. Like this right. is what every girl goes through right. because no one believes her and she didn't have education or language for it anyway. So she just kind of sucked it up. Now this went on for several months. And then one day she was called out of class at school. Now remember, at this point, she's like fourth grader. Right. She gets pulled out of class at school. And she was confused again because she thought she had to go get vaccinations, but her church didn't allow vaccinations. So she didn't understand why she had been called to the nurse's office. Um, and the nurse examined her and sent her back to class. Didn't say anything to her, just gave her an exam and sent her back to class. And then a few minutes later, she was called via the, the school intercom back down to the office and to bring all her belongings. So she went back to the office and she got there and felt like she was in trouble. She didn't know what she did wrong. Right. Her mom came and picked her up, took her to the car. and Her mom said, you're going to have a baby. Who's been messing with you? Mm. At that point, Sherry said, I tried to tell you, but you said I was lying. Right. So she was taken to a doctor, and the doctor examined her and said that she was seven months pregnant.
1: Seven months. Seven months. Poor baby. She didn't even know what was going
0: on. She had no clue. That's how how little she was. She was just a baby girl. Mm. So she knew it was the deacon's baby because he had been raping her. Right. Now, she Sherry does say that there was another person in the church who raped her as well, along with the deacon. And I'm not exactly sure who it was, but it was definitely, I don't know what the title was. I don't know if he was another deacon or pastor of some kind, but he was somebody that held position within the same church. So that happens. They can't, she can't hide it anymore. She's starting to show, right? So her mother goes to the church and in front of the congregation tells everyone that her daughter was lying about being raped, mm. that she was in fact in a relationship with this this man, this deacon, which is outrageous. Right. And um, that she said it was that Sherry had brought shame on the family. Um, and so at this point she was ready to have the baby. So her mom took her to Jackson Memorial Hospital and dropped her off basically and just left her there. And so she, at 10 years old, um, it was 1970, 10 years old, she waited in the hospital hallway and, it's, and she writes that she tried to imagine how a baby would come out of her body. No one explained it to me. The stairs burned through me and I felt like an oddity at an amusement park. Mm. Standing in the hallway. So literally her, her mom and this deacon dropped her off and drove away and she was just standing there trying to figure out what to do. So later that night at um 1:54 a.m., she gave birth to her first child. And then after she was released to the hospital, she returned to Tampa where her mother was, and a child welfare worker came by. She be- so Sherry believes that her elementary school. So remember, we're talking about an elementary school child. Right. Right. Must have tipped off uh, the state, and they sent a child welfare worker. Well. The child welfare came and left and nothing happens. Right. They didn't do anything. And so Sherry believes that her mom and the church actively tried to cover this up. Sure. Because he, seems to be yeah, the case. he was a grown man. Right. And even then it would have been statutory rape. Right.
1: But her mother quarter. consented. Her mother right.
0: gave consent. Exactly. Right. So what her mother did is her, her mom arranged for a marriage. Right. So she went and got her a white dress and yada, 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 and took her to a courthouse in Tampa. She was 11 years old and the deacon was 20. Mm. The judge that they went to at that time refused to marry her, even though she had a baby. The judge was like, absolutely not. So mom and deacon went to a different County and that judge signed the marriage certificate. By this point, she was in the fifth grade and she was married and a mother. And it's outrageous to me, right. but because her church prohibited uh, birth control, the babies right. kept coming. Right. And it, you know, you, as you can imagine, this wasn't a loving marriage. This was a man that used her right. that didn't care about her. And she does say that when she, every time she had a baby, he would essentially drop her off at the hospital and abandoned her and then he would kind of come around months later. She never had a childhood. She went through extreme depression. Um, to say the least. Yeah. But she raised, right, so with that man, they had six children together. Eventually she, um, found a way to divorce him. And, um, when she was 19, she got a divorce, but then she remarried somebody. And of course she has no relationship skills. So the guy she married was just as bad as the first guy. And they ended up having, um, I think, three more children. Yeah, three more children. So by the time she was 27, she had nine kids. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so she's lived in Florida her whole life. And as her children got older, she decided that she was going to get herself educated, which she did. Um, And she has a lot of accolades. So she got herself through high school and got a high school diploma at the age of 55. Wow. That's awesome. She actually marched in the school's commencement ceremony. awesome. That's incredible. She's um, got a volunteer of the year award. And she got a congratulatory letter on a book that she wrote from Michelle Obama. That's exciting. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's really cool. And her book is available for purchase on Amazon. It's forgiving the unforgivable and it's all about her life story. And it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Now the bill that she has been working on in Florida is Senate bill 140. And it's again, it's to end child marriage with no exceptions. Now on February 1st of this year, An identical House bill, House Bill 335, was reviewed by the House Judiciary Committee, and the committee amended the bill to permit the marriages of a pregnant 16- or 17-year-old with parental consent, limiting the age difference of the spouses to two years.
1: Okay.
0: Um, And it was passed, it sounds like it passed out of committee unanimously. Um. Well, yeah. I don't know the exact, I don't know yeah. if it's been voted on yet. I couldn't yeah. find that. So I'm, I'm guessing it hasn't been voted on yet. Cause I should have been able to find something on it.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, well, this uh, is an election year here in, yeah. for everybody. It's an election year. But you know, this is my adopted home of Florida. So I'm in South Florida and she's obviously was in Tampa, but it's pretty yeah. incredible.
0: It's just amazing to me though, that like hearing her story and seeing how hard she's worked to bring this bill to a place that it is as a, you know, a citizen lobbyist. Sure. Which is tough to do. And it got amended and they're like, well, let's, let's still make some exceptions. Right. Right. I'm kind of like. Who's lobbying for that. Right. Yeah. I'm like, who's lobbying lobbying for that? Why? A 16 or 17 year old might be pregnant, but they still can't drink. They still can't. You know, there's many other laws that you wouldn't make an exception on just because they were pregnant and they had parental consent. Right. Like, I don't understand. It's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But her story, I just think, is so inspiring because she, you know, she grew up poor Black and in the South and was horribly sexually abused as a child. And she fought through that and still found a way to thrive. You know, she still lives in Tampa. And she's a home care health worker. And she talks about how she loves her job. She's an author now. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, yeah, the state of Florida failed me, but I'm not going to let the state of Florida fail any of these other girls yeah. out here. And it's, exactly. it's just an incredible story.
1: And it's so interesting sometimes. What I appreciate about her story is that so often we hear, quote unquote, history. And it seems so far removed mm-hmm. from us today. But she's only nine years older than me. You know, so mm-hmm. as an adult, she's my contemporary. Yeah. You know? And so to think the same time I'm in New York jumping double dutch in like my jelly sandals, you know, she's dealing with this horrific situation and she's not alone. I know she's not alone. Like you said, what over 60,000 mm-hmm. married across the country. And I'm sure it's, it has to be about, I would, I would guess that it's about 98 to 99% of those are the girl as a child yes not a boy child yep so Correct. you know if you have one thing for people to take away from this story with regard to sherry for our listeners what is it what what is it that you hope people take away from today's episode
0: i think there's a couple of things number one no matter how bad your circumstances are you can rise above it right i'm not saying that it's a level playing field out there because it's not i'm not saying that it's fair Cause it's not, um, but you got to not quit. She could have quit at any point, you know. I don't. I don't know how bad it's got to be for you to be raped at eight years old and and have that continually happen to you again and again and again. And Sherry fought through and she found a way. And I so I just think it's really inspiring for someone who's been through some horrific stuff to say, "I'm gonna find a way through this muck. Right. and I'm gonna thrive in spite of it because it's." It's, it's rough and it's not a level playing field, particularly for women of color, um, but it can be done. So I would say don't quit is the one mm-hmm. big takeaway. And I think number two, like the power of um, of the vote and engaging in your civic duty, I think. Um, you know, I, again, Grant, like I, I have a degree in political science and I was a big policy geek and political science geek for a long time, right? So of course I believe in, the power of the electorate. But I think Sherry, who you have to realize someone who comes from a background, of no education. Right. And she saw it as a powerful place to focus her efforts and say, if I put my efforts here, it's not just about me. It's not just about my little community where I live today. We're talking about the whole state and then eventually the entire co- country.
1: Right. Exactly. I think it's incredible, you know, the takeaway for me in some regard is also about her mother not believing her and so yeah. that dynamic. So to for her to be the mother of nine children. So not only did she not have education and and, and you know was basically put out of elementary school she doesn't know how to really have a relationship with a man, mm-hmm. even a relationship with her mother. Like for me, to her, for her to write a book about forgiveness is incredible because there's so many people, almost everybody in her basic, you know, universe needs forgiveness. And the fact that she gives it, it is unforgivable mm-hmm. to me as a mother to, to, you know, completely betray your child, a child right yeah so i think yeah so i really appreciate you bringing this story to fore as as difficult as it was to hear i know that it needs to be told
0: it does it does it's, and that's very poignant at a time where we're in you know the the me middle too. of the of me too and it ends now movements um there's a long history of this stuff right and we have so often failed our women of color in many many ways many many ways and i think this is just one way and she's right when she says the whole state of florida failed me you know like how does a social worker show up and see this and not do anything it's not just a social worker it's the hospital
1: the school yeah, the, the teachers, school, the, the, teachers, the, the school nurse the church there's so many levels and layers and it's unfortunate to say her story is not unique clearly. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a travesty. So I'm just excited and I'm actually going to do some research and see if, um, if, if this initiative is going to be on our ballot here in November. Um, so I'll definitely look into that as well.
0: Yeah, well, I definitely you. hope so. Yeah. And if you want to support Ms. Sherry Johnson, head over to Amazon and pick up her book, Forgiving the Unforgivable.
1: That's incredible. Thank you, T, for that one.
0: Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another episode of That's What She Did. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends.
1: Happy Women's History Month. We'll see you on the next episode.
0: Bye-bye. You just heard an episode of That's What She Did, bringing you stories of incredible women doing incredible things. Make sure you join us again tomorrow as we bring you the deets on another everyday wonder woman to inspire you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, and make sure you share it with your friends. Spread the love. Bye.